0: This is Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. It's powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in-person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com masters. Hey, entrepreneurs, my name is Felix, and I'm the host of the Shopify Masters podcast. Each week, we put out podcast interviews with successful e-commerce entrepreneurs or experts to give you inspiration, motivation, and actionable tips to increase your traffic and sales so your store can generate the sales you need to live the life you want. In the last episode, Julian Hearn from Huel.com showed how he used the PR agency to kickstart a 2 million pound business. In this episode, you'll learn from an entrepreneur that built a business targeting baby boomers. In this episode, you'll learn how to identify brands to license from, what does a licensing deal look like, and how to set one up that's beneficial for you, and how to successfully start an online community for your brand. Today, I'm joined by Dave Andrews from OldGuysRule.com. Old Guys Rule is dedicated to showing that age is a badge of honor for a life well-lived and sells everything from t-shirts to watches. And OldGuysRules.com was started in 2015 and based on Hermosa Beach, California. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, excited to have you on. So tell us a little more about your your background. And we were talking, you know, I guess off air earlier about how this well, A, you know, this is not a typical uh, I guess, business model that we typically have on the podcast. So we'll get into that in a second. But then this is also just one, I guess, part of your entire like, ecosystem of businesses you own. So tell us a little bit <laughs> more about your background and the entire, I guess, setup that you got going on.
1: Yeah, I and thank you for having me on. Uh, I've got a few companies that I run. I'm an entrepreneur at heart and doing this for about nine years, but I was in the corporate world before that in the digital space. And I was in the original dot-com boom and bust in 2000 and before that in uh, the entertainment and television, uh, interactive television space as well. Uh, so about nine years ago or so, I started a company called Devious Media, and we do consulting, digital entertainment, consulting, anything from – doing the entire strategy development and operations for Sony's TV networks around the globe, uh, to consulting for the Emmys, uh, did the Emmys iPhone app in about three weeks, start to finish, uh, to small startups to help do the social media strategy for NFL Network, you know, et cetera. I also, uh, and we've got about 100 developers, uh, so we can pretty much build anything. And then I've gone any device, including OTT and mobile uh, consoles, et cetera. Then I've got another company that is called Community 102, and that company is a community moderation and customer support company. Uh, so we do everything from doing customer support for companies, whether it be in social, through uh, something like a Zendesk, uh, message boards, etc. cetera. We also manage Facebook pages for various brands to make sure no one's trolling, but also be a first line of defense for support. Um, We also do a lot of content management and clearance. So we work with a company like Maker Studios to help them clear their content before they syndicate it out to various uh, different uh, companies. And then my company that we're talking about today is called 360 E-Commerce Consulting. And we're a full 360 view of e-commerce. You can call us for as much or as little as you need, whether you need an entire solution or you just need someone to do customer support. You need to get something built out. Uh, You need to source products, whatever you need. We can pretty much help you out with anything that you need along the way. That
0: kind of gives you a general overview of the company. No, no, that sounds like you do a lot. I'm not sure how you have time to do all this, but let's see, let's definitely just narrow in on, on the 360 e commerce consulting. So, did you have a background? You know, you're saying that you're part of the original dot com boom and bust, and did you, were you in e commerce previously, or like how did you, I guess, um, find your way towards you know, opening up a, a store?
1: You know, I've done various different projects dealing with e-commerce and or transaction-based. You know, I've I've done, we've done stuff with Magento um, and various hard-coded sites back in the day, I'll say. And love Shopify, makes it simple. As I explain it to potential clients, you know, and or existing clients, I explain it to them that it's kind of like the iPhone and then you just add apps. You know, Mm -hmm. you can make it look the way you want, add apps on top of it, and there's, you know, low-cost, uh, to get, to get going you dip your toe in the water, but allows you to scale. So, you know, for me with e-commerce, still a little bit, uh, beforehand, but really, you know, going gung ho, uh, with some previous clients I worked with in the past.
0: So is, um, 360, uh, e-commerce consulting is, so this is, I guess the umbrella company that houses old guys rule.com. Do you also have other e-commerce properties or is this like the, the main one?
1: This is the main one. We've done some, Done some development and uh, for another company, uh, Laird Hamilton is another company we did the development for. He's the big wave surfer, so he's got a lot of stand-up paddle boards. We did uh, we did that with Shopify, and integrated WordPress into it because they wanted to do some content. Uh, we did a, an ink toner site uh, before that as well. Um, so we've we done a few other various different you know projects here or there, but those are the, the Laird Hamilton and the Old Guys Rule are some of the main ones. Um, that we're doing so, and, and actually, we're just focused right now on Old Guys Rule as we uh, are starting to grow the 360 brand.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, so with Old Guys Rule, you know, when we were talking again off air, you mentioned to me that this this is already an existing brand, and you have a, I guess not a, a completely brand new business model, but at least something that's different than what you typically hear on this podcast. So explain to to to, to audience a little bit about how you how this business specifically is set up.
1: Yeah. So. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and I like to look at things you know differently than and just figure out literally people call me for all different reasons. and how do you make money off this? How can I make money? I've got something. how do i how do we generate revenue, build a brand, et cetera? Um, and I'm usually the idea guy, and I follow it through execution. And they reached out to us um, and so they'd been doing some B2C with their e-commerce site using Pinnacle, an old version, and it was a licensee who manages all the t-shirts managing the sales of direct-to-consumer. And they wanted to get a, a more holistic for amount of pro, uh, products they could offer and be able to have a better experience and really dive into the brand of Old Guys Rule. of What is it? You know, it's not just t-shirts and hats. What does it mean to be an old guy that, old guy that rules, basically? You know, and, and have deliver on that brand promise. And so we, we literally talked about it for about a year. It took, it took about a year and a month to close the deal. Uh, and what happened is we ended up becoming the licensee for the brand in North Central and South America for all the digital rights. And basically, their, their model for Old Guy's Rules is they license out the brand to various different companies to take it over for them and get it into brick and mortar. So we take those different products that are being created and put them on the website uh, and distribute them through various, you know, from the main domain also to Amazon and eBay. And so we just basically figure out how do we grow the Old Guys Rule brand digitally. And we've got lots of different things we've been doing to help. And, and we're literally just just getting over a, a version one of the whole entire experience.
0: So th- this this company, uh, Old Guys Rule, the, that, that, um, they had zero e-commerce presence in, in on, anywhere or just in the Americas? Like what was their situation prior to you guys stepping in?
1: They had a site that was built in 06 on Pinnacle. It was probably last updated in 08. Oh wow! Uh, you know, not responsive. Uh, you know, the, the checkout process was archaic. The analytics were a little nuts. The yeah, you know, when I look at Google Analytics, you're just trying to figure out what was and what wasn't happening. to are trying to figure out what what do we know, you know, so you can make decisions. I typically I like to look at analytics and figure out what are we building, why are we building it. You know, I don't want to build on gut; I want to build on fact. And so basically, I, I had very very little to work with to try and figure it out. So. You know, when we began it, it became a lot of discovery, you know, and, and discovering who the target audience was, what do they like, why do they like it, and, and how do we make it simple for them to to build out the platform. And, and, you know, with our deal, we manage the entire process from development all the way through to every single line of communication with a customer, whether it be marketing or customer support, phone support. You know, we do all the fulfillment, Every si- I mean, literally every single thing. The way it works is that we provide a royalty payment to the the brand owners of Old Guys Rule.
0: Mm, cool. So, so I, I think this is a, probably a business model that other people might be interested in. Is it something that you would recommend for a first-time or beginner entrepreneur to consider going this route of uh, licensing a, a brand and then paying royalties to that brand?
1: I personally wouldn't recommend for the first-timer. You know, it's somebody that isn't experienced, uh, in the space and or in digital you know it's just not something you jump into because you've got to know brands and, and Old Guys Rule is very successful you know they're in six 700 plus brick and mortar stores domestically but then they're international as well uh, they do have a UK e-commerce site that's managed by another licensee who does brick and mortar there directly uh, who's very successful with it they just uh, they just did a deal with Hobby Lobby for a lot of their uh, like man cave signs and things like that so we'll be in another 700 stores with Hobby Lobby I mean they're they do very, very, very well. Uh, so you got to know how to deal with brands and how to talk to brands, uh, and present to brands. And not only that, you know, you got to know the business side of it all. For me, I, I would be cautious to jump in. Maybe if there's a smaller brand, and you, you know, someone just getting off the ground themselves and you want to dip your toe in the water, uh, and help them out. And I'll, I'll say almost like an internship, say, let's do it. I'll, I'll help you out. That'd be great. But, get in and they're not saying you know guys rule is the coca-cola of the universe but you know it's it's a decent sized uh, company that that makes a significant significant amount of revenue and so you want to be cautious about you know being a first timer in the space
0: yeah and I'd imagine there are some challenges too when you are just you know one sales channel or, or one licensee out of you know not not a, not many but <laughs> at least you're not the only one right because if you own the brand and you start from scratch and everything the decisions you make are impacting you only and you can make that at least you'd be more open to making not be open but you would have the opportunity to make more of your own decisions do you run into those kind of not necessarily issues but at least you're dealing with a lot more people a lot other a lot more other companies when you are a licensee versus, you know, starting your own brand. Can you talk to us a little bit about those challenges?
1: So you mean challenges working with other licensees of the Old Guys Rule brand? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the good news is, is that the people that own Old Guys Rule, at the end of the day, they're good people, you know, and and I like to work with good people. That's part of the reason I became an entrepreneur. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who asked me if I wanted to take a job with a particular company, you know, just as a client. And it was, great pay, ridiculous amount of pay, uh, you know, overpaid actually. And I just said, no, you know, and, and, and he goes, Oh, why? You know, cause certain people you have to work with, you know, there's certain people you like working with and certain you don't. And the end of the day, they're good people. And so the people that are licensing old guys rule brand, they've kind of got good people. You know, they just, they just, they didn't just do a deal with anybody. They did deal with people you could talk to that are human, that are, that respect you. Uh, so it's been very nice. I know it won't always be that way with other brands you work with, but they're good, good people. And, and you know, there's various conventions and shows and calls and emails we have, and it's you know 100% polite. And it's it's people that are passionate about the brand that are licensing it, that are that are open to creativity. You know, at the end of the day, some of the licenses are their license. But if I see a cool product that might fit in their license, I'm going to send it to them and say, hey, you may want to reach out to this person. Here's the website. Here's a video. Here's a link. I found this person on LinkedIn. You know, because the, what happens is that product gets created and/or licensed to Old Guys Rule. It can then be on the website. Mm. You know, and then it helps me for that side of it. You know, we we've actually helped. Uh, you'll see on the website for Old Guys Rule a product called Bottle Keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually licensed that bottle for Old Guys Rule. And we're, you know, we've, we've talked to them, had to get it all done, how to get them talking with the whole guy's rule. We, we're the, the person that helped negotiate that whole entire process, sourced the product and got the deal done. And that's a very, very, very successful product. I mean, it's flying off the shelf.
0: That's awesome. So when you, if you are, if the entrepreneur out there is looking to uh, follow in your footsteps, follow down this path, how do you even begin the process of finding a brand that would be open to licensing? Is it something that you can look up somewhere or you just got to be networking?
1: It's networking. I personally, I've never really done marketing for myself. It's just the relationships. You know, if there's one thing I'd say to anybody is just be nice to everybody. You know, there's, there's plenty of people that are mean, just be nice to everybody. Uh, because it, it, whether it be a year, five years, et cetera, I've been in, I've been in digital, you know, probably 19 years, 20 years total. Um, and I still have those friendships. And with the connectivity, social, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, just email, et cetera, you know, work can get around pretty easily. And if you're you're nice to people, they're going to refer you. And that's it's kind of how I've always worked. It's always been referral, word of mouth. Um, and so, I mean, that, it starts with just being nice to people. The other thing is, you know, look at companies, see what they're doing. And, and I almost say, it sounds weird to say it, but I almost looked at old guys rule as like a house flip. You know, it was a site I hadn't been updated since 08. The brand, I saw it around here and there. I looked at the demographics that, it, you know, it targeted the baby boomers. And I did a lot of research on the baby boomers. I said, look, I think there's a business here, you know, meaning that if I did do it, you know, how would we do the deal? Why would we do the deal this way? Um, and, you know, it was basically a house flip. It was a website from 08 and it's 2015. It's not responsive. It's not on the latest technologies, uh, not utilizing the latest technologies. Let's take it over and go from there. So if, if someone's out looking, I mean, I, I look and see what brands may be you know valuable. You, you could also, you know, source brands. Look at brands from the '80s. Look at brands from the '70s that were popular, or, or '90s, et cetera. Just go by decade and see what were the hot brands. See what they're doing now. Look it up. Try to find out who owns them. See if there's a way to work with them and try to revitalize them digitally going direct to consumer. You know, that's, that's a creative way of doing it.
0: So, so you're almost looking for brands that, or you're almost recommending that you to look for brands that need your help based on your expertise or based on your experience. Like you're, you're saying that look for brands that maybe don't have a strong online presence or have an online presence, but are, their site has been updated in almost 10 years. And those are usually not so ripe for, well, I guess you could say, you know, ripe for an opportunity for you to, to um, work with them to create a business.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody knows e commerce is blowing up. I mean, we do great sales on Amazon and they do our fulfillment. So it's, it's pretty much turnkey for us. It, but but it's, it's, e commerce is growing. Look at all the big boxes going out of, out of, uh, out of business. You know, rent is very expensive. It's not mm-hmm. expensive when you're doing fulfillment. And, you know, there's a lot of brands that could go direct to consumer. And so I look at the, the companies that were selling to the big box. You know, at wholesale prices, they have a margin. Why not sell direct to consumer and, and you know, keep it map pricing so you're not undercutting your, your big box stores, uh, but you're building your list. Was I heard, um, and, you know, you can quote me later, or I mean, sorry, correct me later, but um, was it Dick Sporting Goods bought sports authorities all their lists and everything for 15 million? But the list was, I, I believe, something like 50 million plus and, and so that list is great you know there's probably some overlap but you know email marketing's crushing it it's very cheap so they probably got those names at less than 25 30 cents a name for people that are interested in that vertical you know i mean it's it's e-commerce is crushing it with email it, it's 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 an incredible business to be in um and that's why for me i look at Companies like uh, Old Guys Rule that they were typically B2B selling to those brick and mortars out there. We have the opportunity for them to sell to consumers directly. You know, if you you see the T-shirts are a great billboard. They're a great product, great quality. Uh, the people that read them love them. Whether whether it's a person wearing it or someone walking by reads it and laughs. You know, it's joy, they enjoy it. it's lighthearted and it's a billboard and it, everyone says Old Guys Rule. So where are you going to look it up? What are you going to Google? It's all guys' role, mm-hmm. and so it's like that with any brand. You're not going to Google Macy's, you know, to find it, and so that's why I, I would encourage more brands to go B 2 C and focus on that part of their business. Doesn't mean to be the main part of it, but a significant part, and we can handle that literally souped nuts. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you are when you are looking at brands that that you want to begin, I guess, relationship with to potentially license from them. Is it, you know, I'm I'm assuming that especially the the more the brands you guys you want to work with They're going to be very selective with the people that they work with Are there ways to make yourself seem more or at least set yourself up to be more attractive to Having them work with you to make it like an easy yes for them to say yes We want you to license our products or license our brand
1: I think it comes from experience. I think it comes from presentations you give I think it's how you speak to people and once again, this kind of goes back to being, you know, nice it goes back to being honest, be transparent, show them what you can do, show them your past history and talk to them and, and brainstorm with them. You know, it's not, I'm a licensee. It's I'm a partner. I'm working with you. I'm trying to help grow this business. I'm passionate about it. You know, and that, as I mentioned earlier, I love the baby boomer brand or the baby boomer brand and demographic because they have 50% of the disposable income in the United States. It's an underserved audience. Um, they, they love brands and they don't disappear they stay with their brand forever they don't swap, switch, anything they love their brand, they're going to stick with it that's one of the reasons I chose this to, to work with old guys rule and take a risk and it's been incredibly successful uh, so if you're going you're gonna to approach these brands to work with them you, know, you, you should definitely be buttoned up you should be honest and don't come with, to the table with I can build you a store You know, I, I, it's not, it's anybody can build a store. I mean, look at Shopify and and others out there do a great job at it. Um, And and there's a lot of great, incredibly talented people in the space to help build you stores. You have to come with other things and other solutions. And you have to think holistically, what is it going to cost to operate? How are we going to get people there? That's another cost. You know, people think I just build a store and they'll be there. It's, It's not, you build it, they will come. You build it. You need to also have a significant amount of money set aside for marketing. You know, you have to be able to to get people in your list. Email marketing is by far the most effective way to generate revenue for your company. It doesn't matter what demographic it is. And you have to be able to generate a list and get it growing. But you got to get people to your website first. I I don't know where else to go with that, but that kind of gives you an idea of how I think.
0: Yeah, so I guess from the the maybe from the business perspective, you said that this deal took about a year to to come to fruition. What does a typical deal like this look like? If again, you know, if someone out there is thinking about doing this for the first time, maybe they're in the middle of finding a, a brand to license from. What what is it? What do you need to keep in mind when you want to construct a deal that's obviously you know beneficial to both people, but then also of course protecting your you know opportunities.
1: You know, it was a creative deal. Put it that way. It was a, it was. A, all the lawyers. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's not cheap to get it going. Uh, but, you know, now we have, we have something set up that's in place that helps us to, to move forward with others in the future. But, you know, for me, uh, the, there's various incentives, you know, obviously it helps if, if we, we hit certain points for everybody, right? Um, there's a percentage of net sales, you know, because there's various shipping costs, uh, products. We may give discounts on shipping. We may give discounts uh, if you spend so much in your cart, uh, you know, etc. So you know, we 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 give the royalty out uh, over certain periods of time, you know, and without going into too many specifics uh, per year, uh, that we that we just kind of hand out hand a nice nice check out to old guys roll.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay, cool. So uh, you, a little bit earlier, you're talking about how uh, one of the key reasons why you wanted to license from this brand was because of the demographic, and you did your research to find out more about them. Talk to us about this process. Like, how did you discover not necessarily this this particular target market, but how did you learn more about the demographic that would buy from Old Guys Rule? You,
1: you know, the, a long time ago. Uh, well, it seems like forever, but uh, infographics are great. They're simple. It's, it's the quick, digestible information that you can just get. And there's, it's, I'm not saying always cited, but usually cited. I used it a long time ago to just check out and see how it would drive traffic. We actually, with one of the things I did with the Television Academy, we created an infographic to see how it would drive traffic. Uh, a great company called Column Five out of Orange County did it. Um, and so, what you can do literally with a lot of different things, I'm not saying all, but I looked at baby boomers, you know, they said that their audience, and obviously it's male, it's, I'll say 55 plus domestically, internationally, it's a little weird, but old guys is about 30, 35, which is, we can talk about that too, but, um, and so all I did is literally look up baby boomer infographic on Google and look at Google images, and then just pop open a new tab of every single graphic and looked at all the stats, what are the key things I'm seeing over and over and over and over again, and typically with infographics, one designer might steal the information from another designer, steals the information from another designer. But, you know, what, what am I learning about it? What, what do they know about that demographic? You can do the same thing with millennials. You can do the same thing with pretty much Gen X. anything. There, there are plenty of those infographics out there. Yes, I can also just Google and read articles, read wiki, you know, et cetera. Um, and a lot of what I do is just reading, you know, and seeing what's out there just anywhere uh, just to, to learn more. Uh, But yeah, you know the quick down and dirty is infographics, man. There's a lot of great stuff out there, and i i like I like the short, significant facts. Just give it to me, bullet point. I need to know. What do I need to know?
0: Yeah, infographics are way easier to digest than just reading like articles because they really do pull out what's most important. And then the visual elements, of course, also. Let you, let you know what's being emphasized, what kind of data is most important. So, when you are looking at these infographics, uh, what are you hunting for? Like, well, are you looking to see how much they're spending, where they're spending it? Like, what's, what are some key, th- I guess, questions you wanted to have answered when you were doing this research? Yeah, it's,
1: it's what's, how much revenue do they bring in per year? You know, how, how do they live their life? What's the size of their house? You know, how much are they paying in a mortgage? What do they have kids? What are they spending on their kids? What about health insurance? And you know, what are their bills? You know, what, and, and what, is, what kind of discretionary income do they have to be able to spend on anything they want to spend it on? You know, what do we know about them? Um, and, you know, part of the things I know is that it's, it's the largest demographic out there, and they're living longer, and they're only going to live longer. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, one of the things I saw was they don't leave a brand. And, and you, when you start to think about these things about the baby boomer audience – like yeah, I know my dad or my mom. They they like a certain type of food or a certain restaurant or whatever. They're, they're creatures of habit, even more so as they get older. And when you when you look at the, the disposable income that they've got, think about it. The kids are out of college. They may still be working or getting ready to retire. You know, their homes are probably paid off, um, and, and they've been wise with their money. They've seen various you know recessions et cetera that have happened um so you know they're getting their grandkids now they've got a lot of free time and the other thing to look at is what are they doing digitally at the end of the day they still that audience is still an audience and this is one of the things that got me worried was they like tactile you know they they still want to touch the Mm. newspaper they still want to you know pick up the record and touch a record not even a cd but a record you know they 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 want to Feel it, touch it, taste it, smell it, see it. And, you know, our generation, you know, I'm not necessarily certain millennial, I'm more of a general Xer. but I'm okay with buying something digitally and not even seeing it and just owning it. You know, music, no big deal. Movie, cool, whatever. Don't care about it. You know, they they would rather get a DVD in the store and touch it, you know. So it's that's one of the things I was really worried about. But looking at the demographics, you know, one of the, the things I saw as I talk about the flip of the website is, it was about fifty percent of what was going to their site was on mobile. Wow! <laughs> so when you surprising. At, yeah, right. And when you get a site that's not optimized for mobile, you got a lot of low hanging fruit there that you can start targeting and really going after. So that's one of the other things that got me excited about uh, flipping. You know, I just basically say flip the website, make it make it responsive, so it'll work on any device.
0: So you, um, using this research, you noticed that there was an opportunity because you saw the large disposable income, you saw that they're very brand loyal, they don't, they don't you know, leave brands like you're saying. Did you also learn anything that you could, any information that you could actually apply towards the marketing itself, like you, this kind of research, can you use that to influence the way you sell the, the products, or sell the brand?
1: You know, a lot of it goes into just traditional sites, keep it simple. And there's a great book that's been out, I mean, it's, I don't even know, maybe 15 years, 12 years now for digital design, and it still applies today. It's called Don't Make Me Think. And, and I I would encourage everybody to read today, it, even though the site's in there that may not be relevant, but it's just don't make your customer think. And, you know, one of the other things that I, you know, realize, and this is working with, you know, the guy, the people from Old Guys Rule that are just great people, they, they said large fonts. We can't read. We got. We have reading glasses. <laughs> so make it large fonts. You know, Which <laughs> It's funny, but me being a little younger than them, you know, I wouldn't realize that. I haven't started mm-hmm. using reading glasses, and so you know, you just got to think about those. The other, the other thing to look at too is who's the target. You think it's old guys, who are Okay, it's males. Well. Once again, it goes back to the baby boomers. It's not necessarily male. It's about 50 50 split of people buying female to male. And during the holidays and Father's Day, those are our Super Bowls. It's about 60, 65% female. Mm. You know, and so you, you kind of got to figure out where is that target, especially when you're email and other things that you're going to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, this, this market definitely seems um, like a great uh, market to get into. At least this target, the, this particular demographic. So this baby boomer demographic you're talking about. This the, the, the issue you brought up before about how they are tactile. They want to be able to receive actually see things maybe before they buy them. Did, did you find out that that wasn't actually true, or did you find a way to get around that that issue?
1: I think it goes into you know Shopify has great. Um Uh, great tutorials and articles and and if you look at just getting a product done right i'm not a great copywriter i don't pretend to be one in any way shape or form and looking what they say about what you need for copy and the various tutorials they have you know is making sure the copy or for product page sorry copy images you know so i put more images than i need you know here's a close-up of the graphic of a t-shirt t-shirts are one of the big primary sellers by far uh with other products you know get coming up pretty fast but it's making large images so they can see exactly what it is. So they know exactly what they're going to buy. It's not like I'm selling, you know, too unique of a product. And if you go to the site, you'll see a product called bottle keeper. That's a unique product. So you can see the difference from what we did on a page for a t-shirt, which people are used to buying versus a product that we're breaking for people, meaning bottle keeper. It's, and that's basically, I keep mentioning it, but it's, it looks like a water bottle, typical stainless mm-hmm. steel water bottle with a black cap. And what it is, it's a beer koozie. You unscrew the bottom and inside it's koozie material. You slide your beer in there, close it back up. And then the top, the black cap's got a little, like, I'll say grommet inside of it. Then it screws down and it seals your beer so it won't leak. And so it's, it keeps your beer cold and protects your bottle from breaking, uh, you know, and it's it's a little spin on the typical koozie you might have been used to your whole life.
0: Mm. So do are there any specific ways that you found that work better t- to target baby boomers specifically than I guess the, you know, like millennials or generation X, um, online?
1: I think email is still by far the number one way to, to hit them. You, but you got to get people to your email, right? You got to get them to sign up. You got to give them a reason to sign up. So, we offer a few things. We use Storia's uh coupon pop and I've seen dramatic, dramatic increase in, in uh, registrations. You know, we give a twenty percent off for liking us on Facebook or signing up uh, for email. And I, I, I mean, I can show you the charts. It's it's you know, triple, quadruple what we were doing when we just had a standard, you know, sign up for email, you know, kind of thing. And it, it works great. Uh, so getting people in your email database, especially that demographic is key uh, you know we also use actually use story as traffic boosters so that just gets people to the site and I don't know what they do over there what kind of drink they're making people drink over there or what but their stuff works it does <laughs> You know, it's, it sounds weird to say you know in, in, in heavily endorsing et cetera, but you know I was you know I, I was like okay, I'll drive traffic I did. Um, some traffic with uh, tried driving traffic with um, you know Google and I was on the phone with them for about 12 hours doing some Google ads and and part of the challenge I had was uh, other brick and mortars were selling our product and they may not be selling at map pricing you know we're we're supposed to be at a minimum of $19.99 we're selling on the website $24.99 but we're giving people discounts and incentives to buy you know to get it cheaper and when you look at Google there are people selling at $14.99 and I just can't compete at that price. And so I was on the phone with Google for quite a while. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours. I talked to friends in SEM and uh, SEO business, you know, what did they suggest and did various things. And I still couldn't compete. And, you know, I spent, I was like, okay, I'll just try traffic booster. I close that off and, you know, it was $99. Boom. I was getting five X return. Okay. I'll do $400. Boom. I was like, let's just drop a thousand a month, you know, and it's, it's, been 5x return every time minimum minimum and so it's been very good to us and that getting someone over to buy great that we make money but getting them into an email we make money because when we send an email out we're going to make money off of them it just it just happens you know it's a lifetime value of a customer so it's been incredible working with them uh but we also use various other ad uh companies technologies and we've been testing a lot of them out to see what is and is not working um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know what they drink over there, what they're doing, what they're feeding them, but they're they're they've got some good products.
0: Yeah, maybe it's working. Don't don't question it too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, I was like, okay, I'm looking at Google Analytics and, and truthfully I'm talking to other companies. I'm like, here's what I'm getting with these companies for bounce rate, for conversion rates, for anything, you know, and the revenue coming in versus what I'm spending. I will let you compete. Like you win, you win. I, I, it's, I'm being transparent. That's what, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I want to be transparent to not just set me up to succeed, but these other companies. You know, there's other you know, entrepreneurs. I've been in their shoes. I, you know, I've, I've, I've failed in the past. So if, if these guys are doing something right, I, I'm I'll, you know, great. If they're doing something wrong, I'm going to show them. And, and I've had, you know, incredible feedback. Some of them have been failures, but the feedback and the relationship that I'm building with these companies has been great. I, I like them a lot. They're good people. And whether their company succeeds or fails, I have no idea. They probably do great stuff for other people too. But, you know, I, I always, I always try to help other entrepreneurs in this space any way I can.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So when you are, you are mentioning that, that you you do give an incentive to to uh, sign up for the, the email list, but then you also give them the option to like on Facebook as well. Do you I mean, it sounds like email marketing and I think this is a consensus as well is like way more of a profitable sales channel than, you know, just a like on Facebook. Do you then decide to go one or the other or are you still okay just kind of spreading, not spreading, but um, offering both incentives for that 20% off?
1: I offer both, you know, because it's, some people don't want email. You know, they're they're fed up with it And, and I'll give them an option. And, you know, Facebook, as you probably know, over the years, they've really changed their tune with brands. It was all about brands to get people on there. And then all of a sudden the brands had to start paying to drive Mm -hmm. their traffic. Even though I, you know, I liked their brand. If I didn't engage with it, I wasn't going to see it. So then I had to start paying to get that traffic over. I was kind of, man, that's a little, little shady there, you know? And I I love Facebook. I love so many things they do. But, but, you know, if someone likes my brand and they want to see it, why are they not seeing what they want to, what they should? And that's, you know they adjust their activity feeds and everything else all the time, so uh, they got the science behind it. Great, cool. Um, but you know, as I look at see the engagement, we haven't really gone after Facebook, even though I know it's a little demographic. The, the revenue isn't necessarily the best. I've done the Facebook store. Um, I've done you know through Shopify has that plugin. I've looked at our analytics for conversion on Facebook. Looked at the types. You know, do I do just content and see if we get traffic? Do I do a product? See if we get a conversion. Do you know what 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 works, what doesn't? Um, and you know, Storyos Coupon Pop is working to get people to like our page. It builds more of an awareness and reminds people we're there. It also helps me figure out our lookalike audience. So if we want to target, I know who does and does not like our brand, uh, so I can target the right consumer. I use Facebook as well, I mean uh, Google Analytics as well, to figure out what our audience is to be able to target them to on Facebook
0: with ads. Mm. So now when it comes to just the email portion alone, uh, can you give us an idea how large email list has grown since you, or maybe how large is it today or how much has it grown since you've implemented this uh, coupon uh, pop uh,
1: app? You know, we, we were getting maybe a couple hundred. Now it's, you know, over a thousand, put it out a month. Uh, yeah. And so that's why I say it's dramatic. Is it worth the cost? Yes. You know, and we were doing similar thing. It just, it's, they, they've got a, they got a better mousetrap. So it's worth spending the money. Right. And, and you know, what is the value of someone signing up for an email? To me, it's, it's, it's very valuable. I don't mind spending that money. Uh, you know, it does it, there's a lot of, there is a lot of apps out there, uh, that do that. And I looked at all of them, you know, I won't tell them, I've probably missed a few, but I looked at many, many, many of them and, and some are sexier than others or build it faster or do whatever. I just wanted one that was going to get people into my database. At the end of the day, I want people in my email database. That's how we make money. I send an email, we print money, it just as truthfully is. And I've got two times of the year where it's very, very successful. That's Father's Day and Christmas. You know, the other times of the year, we do various marketing campaigns with email, and it does very, very well. Uh, but, but they're not the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Like, what kind of emails are you sending? So, once you get the email address, are you are they just getting these, uh, I guess, promotional emails? Or give us an idea, like what what they a what somebody would receive if they sign up for the email list.
1: You know, I it, it kind of depends on the year. We're as I said, we're we're just getting over V one. I'll say the store launch. We we had about six weeks to get the site up. We launched October 21st last year and, and literally site up, get all the products, get, we use uh, Amazon's FBA, get everything there without, we didn't have any SKUs. We had the FN SKU, get all that set up, get it, Had Stitch integration, um, you know, just figuring out how we're doing returns, exchanges, uh, you know, everything, like I said, soup to nuts. What is the communication? How do we communicate within the tone of the brand? Uh, so it was very, very, very tough. Uh, to get up with that, that time. And we're starting into the V2, I'll say, of the experience with All Guys Rule. Um, and for email before, it was just, hey, we've got, we've got shirts. Here's the shirts. Here's the hats. You know, just to get it going and get, get some traffic there. What, what we need is a reason to talk to people. You just don't want to send an email to send an email. That's, that's not a good experience for the customer and it, it damages the brand. So, you know, my goal is to have a communication with the customer every two weeks, meaning what is gonna change on the website every two weeks. And that's you know for, I'll take Christmas and Father's Day out of the picture because those are you know very targeted, a little bit different audience that they have to target on what's on the homepage, et cetera. But for the other times of the year, I really need really need to figure out I have two week window, people come about every month. Or so just check out shirts here or there so one of the things we did is we created bottle keeper okay i gave it a two-week window and with that two-week window we'll do three to four emails you know one is announcing the product the homepage, the main marquee will have it's the bottle keeper so everything's in sync you know i talk about it on facebook so all channels are going to talk about the bottle keeper um then, and that's the first email. The second email might have the bottle keeper and maybe a couple other products. Third email, it's the bottle keeper and, you know, a few more products. So it slowly starts to, uh, I just trickle down a little bit. Then we move from the bottle keeper two weeks later. It might go into the second position on the homepage and we have a new product. So we launched watches uh, by the lady that brought Swatch to the U.S. She brought the old guys' rule watches uh, out. And so we promote those and that'll be for two weeks And then it'll slowly trickle down. And, you know, we just kind of keep trying that cycle with breaking a new product or a new vertical uh, or category every two weeks. So We have a reason to communicate and let our fans know what we're bringing to market. Uh, One of the cool new things we're actually doing, which is a little different for the, the digital brands, is we're actually creating, it's called the Old Guys Rule Club. And, and you'd think when you're at a club with a, with a traditional brick and mortar, it's, oh, spend money and you get discounts. We're, we're, no, that's not where we're going. We're, we're actually taking a T-shirt that we custom brand, and we found that when we create a custom T-shirt, we did one for Fourth of July, sold through the roof, due for Christmas, sells through the roof. So we created the Old Guys Roll T-shirt, but we also created the Old Guys Roll bottle opener, which is a credit card, uh, bottle opener membership card, the size of a credit card and it looks like a membership card, and it fits in your wallet, and it's a bottle opener. So you get the T-shirt and membership card to be an official member. Then what we created is the community. So we created a virtual community where all guys ruled that are premium members. It's $29.99 a year. You get a shirt and the bottle opener, bottle opener membership card, and you get access to the community. You can also join for free. But the premium members get access into a premium group. Where we're going to work with our, our fans of the brand to help design new T-shirts. So it'll be new sayings, new designs of T-shirts, you know, other things that we can do with the brand to help create, you know, work with these evangelists. We have such rabid fans. You know, the emails we get are awesome. And we get, hand, we get a lot of handwritten cards from fans. And so that's one of the things we want to start to break out and help nurture a community around the brand. Uh, and that's something we're just going to do a little bit different than what other brands. And that's, when I looked at the baby boomers, that's one of the things I thought of doing. It was just a little bit different.
0: Mm, so I got two couple questions that come out of that, that, uh, I guess, uh, explanation you gave. So does it always have to be a, a new product launch to, to as a reason to send the emails or are there the ways to get around that, especially if there's, you know, listeners out there that don't have such a large catalog or at least a catalog that turns over that frequently?
1: I would say... It's not necessarily the catalog, but all. ask yourself, if I got this email, why am I going to open it? Why am I going to click on it? And what am I going to do once I click? Why? And and remove yourself. And maybe ask some of your friends on Facebook. Post a picture of the email. Would you open it? Why would you open it? You know, maybe, maybe get a survey monkey. Ask a poll of your fans. What do you want to hear from us? Have it open-ended and listen to them. Why do you want to hear from us? Do you want to hear about new products? Because... Truthfully, the new products, new T-shirts, new things we roll out, fans love. Our click-through rates are enormous, conversion rates are enormous. You know, if you talk about your brand, you you know that's another thing you could do. It so maybe you don't always have to sell, but let them know. What else are you doing with your brand? If you say it's smaller, not a big catalog, are you out in the community doing something? Are you you helping with charities? Uh, Are you working on a new product? Let them know it's coming out. Maybe there's a pre-sale you could do. Why what is your relationship with your customer? and that's what I think you have to figure out as the owner of that brand and and what are you delivering to your customer? It's not necessarily a product, but what are you delivering from a brand value and what do they want? Don't just give them something, ask them. You know And so part of what why I created that community is because we found that people love cars and love to talk about them. And you know we're gonna have an area for guys to talk about cars. You know, and share with one another. Make it the local bar so they can hang out and talk about their 57 Chevy they remodeled. Post the pictures, you know. See where they got their parts from, uh, you know, and, and what did they do? What are the tips and tricks? And that that's why I like doing that community. So for other brands, you know, how can they connect fans of their brands? I know one brand has like a weekend getaway where, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to have a band playing. If you want to come, come here and meet in person, meet us, you know, great. That's another thing they could do for an email is just figure out how they need to connect with their brand.
0: I really like this idea of this club that you've created because I feel like it's really applicable to pretty much any any brand any company any store out there that that has customers. You can create a community around some kind of shared interest so you you know you came up with this uh this online community based on the things that you're hearing in from your customers about the the interest that they have. you give them an exclusive product and a car just some way to show them that they're you know a premium member a premium uh customer and a part of this club. How do you, I guess, set this up? Like, or is there specific software you're using? Like, how would someone get something like this rolling?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's various software out there for community building. I mean, we we chose to go with WordPress and use BuddyPress. Mm. uh, You know, for the customization and and with uh, Shopify's integration with WordPress, so we can, you know, if we want to sell product or promote product, people can buy within the community, not directly on you know within the community built on BuddyPress, not directly on Shopify. So they don't have to leave. And go to the store, you know. Truthfully, and think about your experience. How often do you go to a store? You don't go every day. You may go to Amazon, but that's about it. You're probably not going every day. Mm -hmm. But you're probably going to Facebook every day and check what's up on your friends. And I'm looking at it as this is the it's its own Facebook um, that people can join in in a conversation. And part of that goes back to. One of my companies, Community 102, that I did for – and I did that with Sony. We did it around anime and their TV network. You know, rabid fans. I used to manage uh, the Twilight brand in the community. And people were there every day because they're passionate about that brand. That's why I see that with Old Guys Rule, and that's why the direction we went. Every brand – it may not be perfect for every brand, but I like it. I think it's – you. you can't just say, I built a community – Everybody hang out. No, it, it takes time. It, it's literally like you're a farmer and you got to plant the seeds and sow it. And it's gonna, we're not gonna have millions of people day one. It's gonna be a slow, slow process uh, to get it growing. But you got to show them value and show them why we appreciate them uh, and communicate with them and, and appreciate the feedback. You know, too many brands think I'm just gonna make it and they're gonna buy it, and then it, their stuff ends up at a discount shop. You know, I, I'm more looking at it as, Man, if I can work with them and show them what we can create and get invaluable input, I'll give them free sh- t shirts. I don't care. You know, like that's that's great. They help develop and make something better.
0: Mm. So I think, you know, what you're touching this a little bit about how it's not just, you know, you open the doors to your club, to your community, and all of a sudden you have this, you know, thriving community. You have to plant the seeds. Tell us a little more about these, like, I guess seeds that you have to plant because I think a big part of the, I guess fear hesitation about starting a community is that there's it's a lot of work, right? To manage it, to actually get people to interact and, and, you know, uh, and talk with each other. Like there's so much involved, like give us some ideas on how you can actually, uh, you know, plant the seed so that it can be set up to be uh, a thriving community eventually.
1: Uh, first you have, a, have to have a fan base and luckily we have that, you know, so we at least can start out by reaching out to them and letting them know it exists. For Old Guys Rule, I know that when I launch a unique T-shirt, you can't necessarily get in stores. It sells. And so I know that when we do this, we'll get, it, we'll get people buying it and unique product. And the, the membership card is really unique. They're, you know, The fans of the brand are going to love it. Um, and, and, and it's a bottle opener. At the end of the day, Old Guys Rule, fans of the brand love beer. They do. They love their beer, and they're going to use it. And so I know that's good. I'll get at least some people in that way. But within a community, a lot of times, what people do is they just make it too deep too soon. Here's a forum, and inside the forum, there's 500 things, mm. and it, you become, I'll say, lack of a better phrase, but paralysis by analysis. There's too many things as a fan. You got to keep it simple. Like keep it, keep the topics in your in your groups, forums, whatever you know you may use, choose to use, very top line and broad. As people start discussing things and the group community starts to grow, you can expand out and add another vertical and then add another vertical and, then, you know, slowly let things splinter off into other verticals uh, within the community. That's one of the ways. Um, one is just when someone joins, thank them for joining. Reach out to them. Give them a link that tells them the tips and tricks of the community. You know, I'm here if you need me. Here's my, a link to my profile. You can message me. You know, don't you know? Let's imagine if you had someone over for a party, and they just somebody just walked in the door, and no one said hi, and you know, no one told them where the food is, no one told them where the beer is, whatever. You really got to nurture them. That's why I say like it's a farmer, and you're planting the seeds. You you really, it's not just like a a passive experience. The the good part about what what you know, three hundred and sixty e-commerce works for this area is. One of my companies that I own, another one, is called Community 102. We do community management. We also do customer support. So it's a nice marriage that my team doing customer support that's going to talk to you about, you know, a return or exchange is also going to be those people that are in the community talking to them and building a relationship uh, with the fans of the brand that are part of the member, that have become members.
0: Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that that's a, a important point that you said very early on, which is about how don't go too deep too soon because that's when you start making assumptions about what people care most about in the community, rather than having them kind of tell you, right? Because if they start like you're like you're saying, they start talking about cars a lot, or they start talking about you know beer a lot, then that's when you know you want to kind of bring some organization to it, but you don't want to organize it and make give them give them too much friction. Like going back to that book you're talking about, don't make me think. Like you don't want to, I guess, add too much friction to the conversation. I think that's an important point about creating communities that you want to make the communication and the conversation fluid. Don't add roadblocks in a way. So I think that's a, a great point. And I think, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs out there are thinking about starting communities. Definitely follow that advice. I really like it. Um, so, you know, thanks again so much, Dave. So old is the store 360 e consulting.com is your other business. Anywhere else you recommend the listeners check out, they want to follow along with what you're up to or just, you know, learn
1: more from you. Um, you know, first and foremost, Anybody wants to reach out, Dave at 360 ecommerceconsultingcom I'm happy to talk. you know I'm, I, you know you're an entrepreneur. you have a question. you know feel free. I'm not I, I usually answer as fast as I can. I apologize if I don't get to you fast, but you know you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. Dave Andrews, uh, I think it, that's actually it slash Dave Andrews is one of the early guys on LinkedIn a long mm-hmm. time ago. <laughs> you know or on Facebook as well. I'm on Twitter at devious Media. Uh, I don't really use Twitter as much as I used to, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, or just go to old guys World, check it out, you know, and, uh, ask questions. I'm happy to help, happy to give advice any way I can. It's tough, uh, being an entrepreneur. And if you're passionate about it, you, you, you sleep, eat, breathe it, etc. Any way I can help, I'm happy to do.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much again for your time, Dave.
1: All right. You take care. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com slash masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial.